Africa is taking a giant step towards strengthening its economic position. Now, 52 of the continent's countries have signed a free trade agreement that forms the Africa Continental Free Trade Area. And this will make Africa the largest free trade network in the world by population. And the African Union and Ministers of Trade must now finalize the work on facilitating the operational phase of this trade network. So for a little more clarity on this, we join on the line by Andrew Skipper, who's head of Africa at Hogan Lovells. Thanks so much for speaking to us this afternoon, Andrew. Great to speak to you, Sakina. So firstly, just in simple layman's terms, what exactly is this Africa Continental Free Trade Area and how does it stand to benefit Africa? Uh, Put simply, it's designed whilst the rest of the world is putting up barriers um, with between the United States and China uh, in the in the European Union and elsewhere, Africa is tearing them down. It is moving from it being the, if you have a Malian passport, it's more difficult to get around Africa than it is with a U.S. passport, and it's much and it occasionally costs you more to get your ingredients for a product from China than it does from your next door country. It breaks down barriers. It opens up markets for goods and services, and it tries to set in place a fair means of resolving disputes between the countries when that happens. So, Andrew, which countries have not come on board here? The one big omission, I would say, at the moment is Nigeria. And Nigeria, obviously, with 200 million people and arguably at least in the top two or three economies, um, this is potentially a, a problem. I was actually in Lagos only last week talking to my friends about how, how things are going there. And they've moved, I think it's fair to say, from people calling this um, a radioactive neoliberal policy, which is obviously quite antagonistic towards the uh, free change area, to the new government. Uh, President Bahar has come in for a second term. The new government is seeing much more of what they call a sense of urgency, and they are concerned that the train is leaving the station. So I think that uh, Nigeria is critical to this. I don't think they're averse to it. I think that the concerns which people make think they have from outside the country uh, are less than than you might imagine. They're concerned, for example, about it's a very high cost of manufacturing in Nigeria. They're worried about lower-cost goods coming in. They're worried that they're not quite ready for it in structural terms. So they're worried about it not because they don't think free trade is a good idea, but because they think they're not quite ready for it. I think with with Nigeria, um, there will be a much better chance of this working effectively. Without it, it will still work, but it may not be so effective. So to that end, Andrew, what do African leaders now need to do in order to make this a reality and, of course, a success? I think, um, as with a lot of things, um, everything is in the implementation. The the direction of travel here is fantastic, but nobody should be under any illusions that the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement is a panacea for the issues of a significant gap in infrastructure. There's $170 billion per year needed in dollar terms for that. It doesn't deal with the lack of power, and it doesn't deal with education. So if Africa wants to take advantage of this, the leaders have to deliver first or at least in parallel, on the key areas where Africa is lagging behind being able to develop an industrialized economy, 
because it's only with an industrialized economy that the full full effort, the full benefits of this are going to be achieved. And just finally, at this stage, what is the benefit for the average African from this? Oh, the benefit for the average African is going to be potentially very significant. At the moment, there's only 20% of trade is done intra-Africa, compared with, say, intra-Europe, 69%. Um, those who are designing the, the the policies on this are looking to increase that 50%, and by which that means Africans making things for Africans, which means individual, small and medium-sized enterprises can be doing this. They can generate money. They can add value in-country rather than exporting natural resources and bringing it back. I think the opportunities are fantastic for the average African. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for speaking to us about this. Uh, Andrew Skipper, Head of Africa at Hogan Levels.